I got it. When I first heard about Dave being trapped in a maze. One, two, three, four. I built a labyrinth. Can you believe it? Dave is trapped in a cardboard maze in his living room and he can't get out. Welcome to Dave Made a Minute. The podcast where a whole bunch of us are exploring the film Dave Made a Maze one minute at a time. The twist. Many of the participants have never seen the film. Some don't even know what film they're sampling. They get their minutes and they tackle them as they see fit. Here's your host from the Groundhog Day Project and Michael Myers Minute, Robert Black. Minute 18, we've got playing cards, keyboards, and this maze really is big inside. Cameo note. The guy on the keyboard box, that's director Bill Watterson. To tackle Minute 18, we have Alan Sanders and Walt Murray of The Wilder Ride. You come home, there's a giant maze in your living room. You're like, what the? There's a giant maze in my living room. I've heard of people rearranging the furniture, but this is wackadoodle crazy. This doesn't make any sense. Is that a problem? Is it a problem? It's like a fucking cocktail party in here. If I get a few words from you before you go. Welcome back to Minute Or. The maze movie. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever this is that we're watching together. I'm Alan Sanders. And I'm Walt Murray. You could have found... <laughs> <laughs> and you would normally be able to find us at The Wilder Ride, which is appropriate for how I'm feeling about the ride I'm on right now with this movie, because the last time you heard us was on Minute 4... When Annie comes back home to find Dave lost inside of, or inside of some cardboard fort saying he's lost. Yes. And now we, I guess, are making our way through this maze of a cardboard box that he's lost in. Obviously, because now we're starting minute 18. So all I can tell you is minute 18 is going to start with Annie and some dude, I think this is Gordon, saying this must have taken hours as they come through one of those... So instead of beads, it's like a lines of cards, like yep. uh, playing cards. There's playing cards all over the wall. It looks like a giant playing card hanging on the wall. And it's going to end with what looks like some documentary filmmakers who are with them. And they're looking down a hall dressed to look like giant keys on a keyboard. Yeah. And as they come through this, they recognize uh, the box that Dave's keyboard came in. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I was just setting Somewhere the beginning in here. The first thing that I can recognize <laughs> as being something. I was just setting the beginning in the end. So uh, let's start at the. Let's start at the very beginning. <laughs> it's a very good place to start. When some people they start with A B C or one two three, but with music you begin with Do Re Mi. All right. Well, in this case, I have no idea what we were beginning with. We are beginning with a bunch of playing cards on the wall of what looks like a cardboard set. It looks like everything in this room, the walls, the ceilings, everything is cardboard. Well, they. Didn't have to spend a whole lot of money on this set. Uh, at this point, it's cardboard and uh, playing cards, and it looks like the king and queen of hearts drawn in crayon. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know if it's crayon or colored. It maybe it looks like it's cardboard cutouts with maybe crayon on top for for emphasis. So, what I think is interesting is they've got the, and I know this because I play a lot of cards. You've got the King of Hearts because it's the Suicide King. It's the one right. king that has the sword, like it looks going like it's going head. through his head. And I guess it's appropriate because he's on one side. The Queen of Hearts is on the other side, and they have the actual little heart symbol next to her. So you see, it look, what looks like crayon is actually looks like raised cardboard cutouts. So if you like freeze it, you can see they've yeah. lit, especially her. 
they've lit her from below, so it's yeah, casting shadows, shadow. so you can yeah. see that there's a third dimension of cardboard. So it's not flat for the king and queen. It's got taped on layers of cardboard that has also been cut out to provide accents for the eyes, the eyebrows, the hairline, the heart, the lips, the nose. So pretty intricate, actually. So what they didn't spend in money, they did spend in time creating this thing. I, I can tell you, a lot of time must have gone into making this set. Yeah, this is pretty uh, pretty intricate. So we know from, thanks to Robert, who gave us a list of all the characters, we know Gordon is the guy that's coming in behind her. I have no idea who Gordon is in the relationship of Dave or Annie, or maybe the relationship between Annie and him, or what. I don't know if this is a, a neighbor, a friend, uh, a colleague. No idea. He seems to to kind of know them, though. Um, you know, he seems to have some kind of at least tertiary knowledge of them and their relationship. And coming in behind them, we've got a guy with a a sound pole, like he's a boom operator, a, a sound operator, like on a set, like he's filming as if we're somehow on a reality set. But I don't see a camera guy just yet as they're walking in. I see some other goofball behind him with something around his neck. I don't know if it's a light meter or what, but there's a there's a second person. Oh, and as Annie moves oh, right around second, is. looks like 30. I just want to make sure we're not missing something, but there is a guy holding a, a it looks like a handheld video camera. I can guarantee we're missing something. <laughs> we're missing a lot. <laughs> so it's like we're in some kind of a, yeah, when they first walk in, you get, you see that there's someone else kind of coming in, but you don't really see him until about second 60. Okay, I see the video guy, then the sound guy. And so, uh, then, so there's a group of yeah. three. So I guess these are, it's like poltergeist. I wonder if these are the people they brought in to video the oh, phenomenon. Kind of document what's going on. Yeah, they probably reached out to a paranormal agency, went to some campus university. So maybe that's it. Maybe this guy, Gordon, is a professor. She knew he worked at a university that had a department for the investigation of the paranormal. And so they're here to document their progress entering this cardboard fort that obviously is a lot bigger on the inside than on the outside. You're building your own movie here, aren't you? <laughs> well, I've watched a lot of either Doctor Who and Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say you could possibly be on the right track here. I mean, don't we have to kind of presume they're inside the fort? Yeah, and I'd assume from the last minute that we were on, which was minute four, when Dave said he was lost, I'm guessing they're going looking for him. I, it would have to be at this point. They're obviously searching think. through. They're being they're yeah. cautiously moving through. They're not running. It's obviously something they're seeing for the first time. The way they're talking about it and exploring. I mean. They're paying close attention to details on the wall. They comment, wow, this goes on forever. This must have taken forever. This has taken a lot of time. Yeah, and I'm I'm lost. <laughs> i got to be honest with you. Whatever's going on here, I'm I'm at a loss as to what where we are and what we're doing. But it, it has to be one of the more interesting uh, sets and, mm -hmm. you know, movie designs I've ever seen. That's There's no doubt about that. So they're coming through a room of cards or a card theme. And as we cut at around second 30, we cut to further down or up or however you want to look at the hallway of wherever they're exploring. And all of a sudden, we've got what looks like giant music keys, you know, the, yeah. the black and white ivories yeah, of a piano keyboard. or a keyboard mm -hmm. on the wall. In fact, as uh, Gordon and Annie are, are coming in, we see an actual box that looks like you would buy a keyboard in that's been sort of opened up and laid two-dimensionally on right. the wall. It's, la it's laid completely flat. Artistically, whatever the design on the box to show sort of a wave of the keys of the keyboard on the on the right. actual merchandise, 
has now been expanded to go out on both sides as if it's blowing out on the wall, creating these giant black and white keys. Yeah, it's like a never-ending keyboard now. And, yeah, and, and it's spilling all around them and circling around them, almost like it's just you know, free-flowing, as if it's flowing through time here. Yeah, this might be the point where I would say, Dave, you're on your own, and I might find my way back to the exit. Did, why aren't they using a string? You would think that they would find, you know, to or, lead their way back. Yeah, put a hole, you know, put something in the wall, do something to kind of I mean, make even sure Sigourney you Weaver knew to drop some flares to find her way back yeah. out of the Queen's, you know, area. I mean, Absolutely. If you're, you're dealing with the Queen of Hearts here. Yeah, and I, I'm not one that is always great with directions, so I would definitely be marking my way back out. I'm, I'm curious. Maybe they didn't think of that. They didn't think that through. Maybe they didn't realize how big it was. That's the. Maybe that's it. I mean, how big could it be? I would bet. It's in their living room. Well, and they had to think Dave's nuts if he's <laughs> lost in this, you know, oh, uh, refrigerator box that's in oh, his den. See? Okay. I, I jumped to the paranormal because we're in here. Maybe what happened is she went to her friend Gordon and said, Dave has lost his mind. And yeah. I think we can make a fortune on a reality TV show. And let's bring some people over to film Dave, who can't find his way out of a cardboard box. Well, and there's also the possibility that the two of them went in and met the camera people along the way, because we don't know that this is the only way in. Oh, <laughs> they were lost inside? Yeah. <laughs> we, they're just kind of picking up people as they go. <laughs> I get the sense they're with them, though, because the way they're staying behind and shooting them, mm. like they're the focus point of whatever they're shooting. Good point. So I just, it could go either way. It's either they thought they were going to make a reality show about the messed up life this girl Annie and Dave have, or maybe Annie poked her head into the curtain and realized something's messed up. So it's either yeah. the paranormal or Dave's messed up. And Dave could still be messed up either way. Yeah, I think no matter what, Dave's messed up. I do think this is interesting because this Gordon asks Annie, isn't this the keyboard you bought him? And, he's like, and she says, yeah, well, at least it's, you know, he's done something with the box. Well, the keyboard was right behind the door in minute right. four when you and I had our first minute. That's so right. So the keyboard with is the, left out there. He with a trombone. The yeah, with so, a trombone. I wonder if there's a trombone box somewhere around here. There could be. Do you get the sense that Dave's kind of an underachiever? Or kind of one of those folks that I think he's a little kind of tries everything and yeah oh, little, oh yeah I get okay I see what you're saying by that that he dabbles yeah kind of, and but doesn't really doesn't, have a mastery of him exactly gives up easy maybe yeah. maybe that's it he's one of those people who just kind of gives up easy on pursuits gets an interest in a keyboard and kind of loses interest because he's not perfect at the end of a first week and that could have explained Annie's expression again at the beginning of minute four what are you trying in. now yeah great what is what is it this time yeah what is it what are you what do you there's film reels on the wall. Maybe he was an, uh, an independent filmmaker at one point in yeah, time. Or at least there's a film student. There's the picture, like the, the old cameras or the cameras on the bookshelf. Maybe he tried photography. Then you got the origami on the floor. You've got so, the keyboard, the trombone. It's, it's like Dave's never-ending quest to waste time and money. Or to, try, or to try to find what he's good at. Yes. He just he, he dabbles. I've known people like this. I've known people who just... They get involved with something and they're all in and they're all in for like one or two years and then sure. they get bored and they go on to something else. Yeah, I, I know those, the type I've been. I've had a couple of those hobbies along the way, but never anything that really cost me a lot of money or anything. But, um, you know, I, I know the type mm -hmm. <laughs> like we all do. As they pass the keyboard, we're back to the one reverse shot that we first saw them entering this hallway. So obviously the keyboard is against the wall in the room that they're coming through. So they come back through this doorway, and she peers down to look, almost like you kind of have to, not necessarily crouching, but the archway's tall enough, 
But for some reason, she leans down, and then we get what looks like a POV, her point of view, because now she sees this long corridor that veers to the left, and it looks like, again, a row of nothing but keyboard keyboards. Yeah. Just the black and white keys all tickling down or trickling down the this path where you've got cardboard sheets on the floor. You've got cardboard up on the ceiling. It's, it looks like everything's it's like a world made of cardboard. This kind of reminds me of that Tom Petty Don't Come Around Here No More video. It does. It, it has that same kind of Alice in Wonderland feel that they were going for in that video. Wasn't, isn't the bad... The 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 bad person, the Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. So they're going down like you and I go down rabbit trails all the time. But I'm waiting Man. for the Mad Hatter to show up, or <laughs> yeah, or Tom Petty to be sitting here. Tom right? Petty, don't come around here no more. <laughs> I love that song. Guess I'll be way. listening to that on the way home. I'm gonna have to cue that up. Oh, I know where we're gonna go to eat for. I know where we'll go eat for dinner now. Eight track. Eight track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Free plug. If you're in Cartersville, check out A-Track, oh, and yeah. it's spelled A-T-E, track. And it is awesome. Well, that's where we actually are going to end this particular minute, looking down another empty, long, winding corridor of now keyboard keys. So we come in with playing cards, and we leave with keys. Maybe he dabbled in mag- playing, like, magic? Uh, yeah, he like could learning have. how to play card tricks and mm-hmm. stuff. Or maybe he tried gambling. Maybe he was one of those guys that tried to win those poker nights and stuff. Yeah, could be. I, I think... Uh... I definitely get the sense that Dave is a dabbler. Yeah. I, I, we have no idea, but I it feels like we've got enough contextual clues here to tell us that, that he's, he seems to have a lot of pursuits. Or, or he's a, you know, a, who's the guy? The Leonardo, uh, he's a Leonardo, yeah, Leonardo da Vinci, Vinci, where he's a master yeah. at absolutely everything. That's why he's yeah. always got all the stuff around him, because he's got so yeah, many pursuits. I don't pursuits. think that's Dave. I, I, <laughs> I take Dave as more the slacker type, and... um you know, because like she said, well, at least the box is getting used. Right. At least he used the box. Uh, you're yeah. right. In that sense, you're right. Uh, he bought it, didn't play with it, or, or said he wanted to try keyboard. She bought it for him. He may have played with it a couple of times and just left it behind the door. Right. Okay. Yeah, I get the sense from her of, I love him, but good grief. Yeah. Well, what, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know where the light's coming from. We've got light in the first scene, and they look up and they go, it goes on forever. Yeah. And I don't know if it meant goes up forever or goes, like, keeps going on, like they keep seeing paths in front of them forever, but yeah, either I way. I can't figure that out either because it seems like an arched um, kind of a hallway here. And what bothers me is because of the shadows, and we have a, a, a shot specifically looking at the Queen of Hearts, it's lit from below, but we also see light above. Mm-hmm. So there's ambient light coming from somewhere. Yeah. This world, wherever they are, this fortress, we don't see any light bulbs. We don't see torches. Well, torches would be bad around yeah, cardboard. Yeah, torches would be bad. But we see no light, but yet there is light accenting behind them. There's light accenting the walls. So there's just general, hey, there's light. No explanation for it. No, there's no just light. But, and it's actually kind of weird because in that end shot, you have a strong light on the right side of the hallway and more shadowy on the other side. Yeah, um, you definitely have distinctive shadows as if the light is coming through slots or slates or mm-hmm. something, like like a picket fence or something, and, in the, and the light's real low, casting these long shadows. So yeah. It's an interesting shot, kind of a neat shot. Visually, I'm, I think it's neat so far. I have no idea what the movie is about yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, so far, I know it's about 18 minutes long. When we watched, or when when I first sat down and watched these minutes uh, a week or two ago, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'd 
I'm, you know, I, I didn't have any interest in this movie. Now I'm like, okay, I've got to go find this and watch it. I hope it's out there somewhere for, um, you know, streaming because I really want to watch this now. Do you think there's any significance when they first walk in? All the cards, like all the playing cards, are compact, like they're yeah. all on top, and then they start. Looks like they're scattering, as if they're falling and spreading out. Only it's going horizontally instead of vertically. Yeah, I noticed that too. I, I, I don't know if there's a significance to that or not. I'm looking forward to seeing the making of the maze <laughs> or, or Dave built a maze because now I've got all kinds of crazy questions about this movie. Yeah, there's there, there's something about it thematically that I want to keep, you know, exploring. I want uh, I just did this. I paused it as I was thinking we were done. The guy Gordon, again, we know his name. We haven't heard it, but only because Robert gave us the right. character breakdown, and we know that that's Gordon. He's got a weird T-shirt. It looks like almost a superhero with a sword inside of a circle, or some some kind of a looks like a costumed kind of character. Looks like either holding a bat or a sword with a, a red circle around his shirt. I was looking at that to try to figure out if it was a um, a character that I knew. At first, I thought it was Popeye, and looked a little bit closer. I don't think it is. But I was trying to figure out if it was a character that I knew, and I, I couldn't make it out. I'm sure it was something made for the movie to avoid yeah. having a logo, but it's it looks like he's got a, a long sword in his upper right hand, and it's held up above his head. Yep. He's sort of in a two-dimensional running pose, almost like a, a like he's a game, like an 8-bit video game. Yeah. And it looks like he's holding either a dagger or kind of a, a much shorter sword, but he's holding it like he would plunge it fist down rather than holding right. it up like a sword. So It kind of reminds me of some of the um, artwork that uh, Navy fighter squadrons use. Oh, like they would do to kind of for their fighter squadron, yeah. sort of like a, a logo for their fighter squadron? I, I don't think that guy has a Navy look to him or a military look to him, but it does kind of have that same style of artwork to it. it it's definitely when you, if you can freeze it right at 27 seconds, it's very much some kind of a cartoonish, knight or hero of some kind. Is that the second got, sword he's got? Does he have a sword in each hand? Yeah, I said he's got a sword and it looks like a dagger in the other one. Yeah. He's, he's like the other one to like thrust or like to to stab somebody versus the other one to slash with the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it, it makes no sense. It shines no more light for us. I want to point out that at second 29, just for the fun of it, they're shooting what looks like on a cannon... XL1, maybe, the older style of camcorders that a lot of the initial independent filmmakers were saying that was the best handheld. A lot of reality shows use those still. And I believe the movie 28 Days, or 28 Days Later, oh, yeah. was made on all of that. That was the big thing. It's like, shot all on the Canon XL1s. Oh, interesting. So... And if I'm if I'm wrong on the exact designation, if that's like an XL2 or an X, if somebody knows these cameras better than I do, I just know that style of the of the camera was sort of like that all-in-one, really good lens. It had that curved back-end body, and is still used to this day to make a lot of the documentary and reality type videos you see. On so these are definitely guys who know what they're doing, uh, shooting. Well, they've got gear that makes it look like that's what made me think maybe this is a reality TV show that they were. But at the same time, this would be also something that maybe a college investigative team might actually use to document because again documentary filmmakers will use these kind of cameras too they're really reliable they're they shoot really good video and notice it uses tapes so ah yeah eight millimeter digital uh, uses digital videotape i don't remember okay. if it's eight millimeter if it's a proprietary thing for canon it but that uh sound guy's got his little sound pack on the the recording device yeah. he's got his headphones to check for you know make sure if there's any like trains going by and stuff so you know make sure you have to redo your lines and you, so he's right. getting ambient sound and then we don't know that third guy back there and then funny these guys the char the character names by the way the guy holding the boom 
His character name is Boom Operator. The guy holding the camera is Cameraman. And the other guy is... Harry. Harry. Yeah, so, yeah, they didn't give him any kind of designation like Guy Lost in the Maze or anything like that. He's just Harry. Just Harry. And that <laughs> is, uh, I think I mentioned this in Minute 4, that is uh, James Urbaniak, the only person I, rec- I recognize from this. And uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff and stand-up comedian and done some writing, I think, and then is on uh, several podcasts. Well, like I said, I-, I recognized her as being part of, maybe it was just a pilot of a Fox sitcom. Mm-hmm. She did ca- campus humor videos. So I rec- so obviously she's got a comedic background. You know a guy. So it goes back to my thought, well, there must be at least some sense of levity, even if it's like a horror comedy or a fantasy comedy or something. That there must be some comedic elements yeah. to get these comedic actors. Yeah, because I-, I think that everybody who I looked up related to this had some kind of comedy background, and a lot of them have worked together before at least worked on the same projects before by the way one other thing i want to comment on as we start to wrap up i think unless you've got more minute 18 the music first time i'm noticing it is they're exploring i get the sense that they're in a video game it doesn't sound like a movie soundtrack it sounds like the kind of soundtrack you get when you're just exploring a room in a video game whether it's on a console and you're like I have to examine this. I have to examine yeah. this. Is there something usable? Can I put it in my backpack? Which, by the way, she's wearing one. So right. you know, maybe that's where she puts all of her you know, rolls of cheese that when they fight a dragon, they have to like pause the dragon fight to eat all the cheese to get all their health back and stuff, You know, like Skyrim. Yeah, and that is something I meant to mention as I get distracted. She ha- So she's got a backpack with her. They knew they were going somewhere. You know, They've got this whole production crew. She's prepared for some sort of exploration or journey or whatever. So at some point she had to realize that there was something going on here that was going to... One would suggest that something happened between minutes 4 and 18. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> There's something, something might have had to happen to explain this. Yeah, I, I've just... My inquisitive mind, I've got to understand what the devil's going on here. So Yeah, I cannot help. I keep listening to the soundtrack because this is looping while we're discussing it. And it sounds like those kind of games I've played where yeah. it's more like a mystery. You're exploring to try to figure out. There's not a fight scene yet. The music mm-hmm. was designed to change as soon as we get into a fight sequence or as soon as the monster pops up, which no monster or anything like that yet. But I feel like I'm in a video game. It's got that sense. Not 8-bit. It's not going... Right. It's, but it's not far from that. It's But it's got some of the same themes it's of like maybe tone, almost yeah. like a late 90s video game. Yeah. Yeah. There was a... What was the... Oh my gosh, there was a game, it was a puzzle game where you were in a mansion, a haunted like mansion, you were a guest, and every one of the puzzles got harder and harder. It reminds me of that, and I, I can't think of the name of the game. Seventh Guest. You were the oh, seventh okay. guest, and it reminds me of that, where you, this would be playing in the background while you were trying to figure out the puzzle. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, do you get the sense that it's kind of filler music, or do you think that it was uh, written for this? What do you think the, what do you think? The origin of that music is. I don't know. I'm going to guess it was written for this, but it certainly is drawing on from my background as a as a gamer. As a computer themes of yeah. those kind of exploration puzzle games, trying to figure something out. You're trying mm-hmm. to solve. It's got kind of a. I guess it's a little bit like a modern Scooby Doo vibe. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they're trying to figure it out. So yeah, and it's not music that I recognize outside of this. No. Um, since we're talking music, as we wrap up at the very beginning. It's low and slow. It picks up. But I'm wondering, is are the sounds in the soundtrack only? I have not been able to figure that out. 
Because you hear what sounds like screams way in the background, almost like it's a dungeon and like way down deeper in the dungeon, people are being tortured, but they're not reacting as though they're hearing those kinds of sounds, but yet you can hear it in the soundtrack. Yeah, I've been trying to figure that out too. So I don't know how much of it is music and ambiance in the soundtrack or how much of it is sound that they should be hearing mixed with the soundtrack. They don't seem to be reacting to it, whatever it is. No, at least not yet. Not that we can tell. So it is... It is an element of creepiness when you hear it, because if you have, again, headphones on, you hear it like a long music, scream yeah. covered with the sound of the synthesizers and then the little and little drum beats and stuff. Yeah. So little plinks and st- of the strings of the keyboard and the and whatever. That's all I got. That's, that's more than what I had. Minute 18 of... Dave made a maze, but we're calling it Minute Or because that's the Minute Project. The only reason why we know the name is you accidentally stumbled across it because you recognize some of the actors. And so we want to be straight up. Neither one of us has seen anything beyond the five minutes we've been given. I given. think that may be obvious to the, to the <laughs> listeners. You don't we think don't we can fake what that? We're talking about. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold this thought for because we don't come back till Minute 42 now. I know. But remember how I saw back in minute four the five D, and I joked about the yeah. fifth dimension, and I'm wondering how much of that might have been a, a clue that now they're. It's not just because you know you've got height, width, and depth, your three dimensions. Mm-hmm. Time or time space is your fourth dimension. That fifth dimension is kind of like what happens when things kind of shrink down and loop in upon themselves to help try to explain how electromagnetic forces and gravity and time all work together. I know that's part of the whole grand unification how do you make the rules that work at the astronomical level mm-hmm. which are completely different than the rules that work at the subatomic level and they keep coming well maybe it's there's a fifth dimension where things kind of shrink down and seem like almost like constantly changing but infinite loops and i'm wondering if that's a clue on why they're wandering these aimless halls that could be or I'm just exactly. making that crap up right now. Uh, or you're giving them too much credit. <laughs> Maybe I'm giving the filmmaker and the Dave story. Dave just got baked and built a maze. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe they just, hey, man. Hey, Dave. hey, man, it's me, Dave. Dave's not here. No, man, hey, it's me, Dave. Open up. No, Dave's not here. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for minute number 18. But before we let you go... You and I have a podcast. We just finished season one at the time we're recording this. And who knows, by the time this comes out, we might actually be in the midst of season two, which we're not telling because just in case. But if somebody wants to find our podcast, where can they go, Walt? Best place to find us. Uh, any podcatcher is going to have our podcast. It's called The Wilder Ride. And one of the best places is if you're an iPhone user, an Apple person, is to go on the Apple podcatcher and uh, find us there. That would be called iTunes. iTunes. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And again, The Wilder Ride, and you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Wilder Ride, and then if you want to join our listeners group, there's a lot of great discussion going on there about the works of Gene Wilder and the folks that he worked with. And we'll be back later, not for several weeks, but we will be back minutes 42, which is going to start off with a really weird visual effect, like some of these characters are in weird black and white grain, and they're quoting lines from Raging Bull. And it will end, minute 42, with them looking at what appears to be a cardboard live-action stop-motion vagina? I I guess. You and I better go get baked before we come back for this one. Yeah, we better. All right, that's it for us. Hey, thanks for listening, and uh, we look forward to seeing you all in a few minutes. (laughs) 
Well, a few minutes. We'll be back in like four weeks. Yeah, four weeks. See you in a month. And then I can probably disarm all the traps. And then we can we can finish this maze. Who is with me? That was Alan Sanders and Walt Murray of the Wilder Ride taking on minute 18 of Dave Made a Maze. They will be back in minute 42. Next time on Dave Made a Minute, we've got me, Robert Black of Michael Myers Minute, taking on minute 19 and talking to Scott Narver, who plays cameraman. Thank you for listening to Dave Made a Minute. Intro dialogue snippets were taken from Dave Made a Maze, directed by Bill Watterson, written by Bill Watterson and Steve Sears, and produced by John Charles Meyer. Intro music is Diversion by The Equals, featured in the film Dave Made a Maze, and Life Cycle of a Match by Parvis Decree. Outro music is Leaving This Godforsaken Place, and Her Presence is Strong Here by Parvis Decree. Dave Made a Minute is a production of Lemming Drop Studio and all other featured podcast producers. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dave Made a Minute. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and check out all of the participants' other shows to spread the love around. Again, thank you for listening. As long as we're all working together, this is going to be fine. It's going to be great. I need you to notify the families of everyone who died here today. Totally. Wait, what? <laughs>